and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. Today, we are removed. Today, we are reviewing <laughs> the movie, <laughs> The Final Destination 5, or just Final Destination 5, the movie in the franchise that I think finally freaking broke me. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. I'm a, That's I'm an a, exciting I'm a shell. statement to hear. I'm a shell of myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm your co-host, Rachel. And joining me is the sweet, cool breeze of death passing you by. Mars. Hello. Hey, girl. You've broken That was a good me. one. I liked that one. You like that one? Yeah. You feel seen and recognized and... And all of those things. I feel like uh, like if this was a comic book and I was some sort of mystery villain, that would be uh, a headline of some sort. I appreciate the thought and effort that went into that. Thank you. I do spend way too much time thinking about those. <laughs> I mean, they're always so good. So, you know, thank well, you. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right. So joining us today, back, back, back again, again, like I said, to help me process my trauma tonight. Um, and dealing with some trauma of their own is the one and only Justin and Larold of Here's Johnny. Hello. Uh, Hello. I, am, I am calling in from my cell phone. Yeah. So this is going to be great. I mean, our listeners are going to get your local recording, so it shouldn't be super busted. But for posterity, it sounds like you are podcasting from inside a well and or one of the early Hanging episodes of the Zombie Bill. Girls. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sad that I didn't get like a little introduction like Mars because I was going to say uh, a, a very deep seated inside joke uh, between the four of us. Well, three of oh. us. I'd okay, like well, now, well, hold on, hold on. Let me try it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, uh, all right. Let me, I got to come up with something. All right. Ariel, I want to note that I was not the one causing chaos this time around. <laughs> well, it's early. I want that noted. There's in. time. My, my internet died and I'm making it work. Okay. So, Larry and Justin, we so, are yes. delighted to have you guys back, even though, you know, technical difficulties aside, Larry being a butthole aside, we're delighted to have you guys back. So you well, ignore me on, when I on. ask for a little bit of clemency oh and God. then Here I'm the butthole, just so we understand. But, but realistically, yes, that is the understanding. <laughs> realistically, is Larry ever not a butthole? No, I mean, like I said, um, he has little brother got, energy, like yeah, he has exactly. pull your pigtail energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's on full display yeah. whenever I, we record, and I love it. Morris, have you ever felt that way about me? No. Thank you, you do not think that Larry has little brother energy, like <laughs> little brother who, like you have a slumber party and the little brother who keeps coming in and like putting like spiders in your sleeping bags and pulling your pigtails. You don't feel that energy from, from Larry ever? No, not particularly. All right. You must I be the it. baby, baby sister. <laughs> 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 because I said it and both Justin and Michelle, his wife, agree. They're like, yes, that is exactly what it is. Like, he's not really a troll. He's like a little brother. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you can't be mad at him because he's like little brother energy. You're just like, he's a butthole. But we love him. He's a lovable butthole. I guess maybe I can see it sometimes when, but only towards you, Rachel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and a little bit. A little all bit the twilight, maybe. all of the oh, twilight. Yeah, okay. That is little brother energy, right? <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm just the baby. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing over there, Laryl? I am doing great. I am trying to find the post-show contents and someone did not come prepared. Oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. Uh. So I, like I said, I started the show in a very <laughs> lovely place. I spent the last couple of days crocheting and thinking about you and your beautiful family. Don't fucking ruin this for me, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it hard, and I want to stay in the bubble. A love bubble. An anti- but no, I, I have found something for all of us. Excellent. I hope it is pure chaos. Okay, so speaking of chaos, let's get back on track. As always, when we have the gentleman of Ariel, when you get to this point, show, I would love to Jesus know how much Christ. usable content you actually have. Well, you're not <laughs> helping. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talked over me. She was I think talking. We must and then have you some weird like, delays. <laughs> yeah, because she happening? was talking and you just like came out of nowhere. Yeah. Hey, get, hey, put the lotion on the skin. All right. I am. <laughs> Larry is choosing fucking violence tonight. This is the first day all week where I didn't come home and have to work again. So I, I am in a great mood. I walked in here with a hug and a white flag, and you're just like <laughs> choosing fucking you violence. Stunk, you gave me a Rikishi sting face in the chat when I said you ignored me. It's like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Here's a sad ego, Eeyore. And then you're like, here, take Rikishi's big old brown hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I failed to see you where you're going with this. Anyway. So, yes. Back on track. As I said, uh, when we have the gentleman of Here's Johnny on the show, we like to do uh, some light, lar- some light uh, larceny. That's thieving, right? Larceny, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's stealing. Yes, we like to steal your format, um, not your current format, but your format of old. So we'll start with what we've been watching, reading, etc. Lerald, why don't you kick us off? Yes. Uh, so Justin, I actually recorded last night, and I was telling him and the listeners that for the first time since I started recording all of like my what's new in the same Google Doc, so like. About, about over a couple, two years now, I had no movies, I had no TV, and I only had games because I was playing it last weekend. Um, I've just been very busy. Uh, I think I kind of come out of here, but like I have my full-time job, and then I started working with a biotech startup here in Columbus. So I go there after work to put some hours in there. And then I joined... Um, the arts park here in town, my wife was their treasurer and they had an opening for a board member seat. And so I joined it and they had a grant submission. So I was working on a grant submission there. So just like busy life stuff. But the fun thing is I did take time on Tuesday night to like make myself some tea and just read. And I finished the first Thrawn. I'm so excited that you finally got a chance to read it. And how do you feel? Like, you're only one of six books in, but, like, do you feel like it has shifted your perception of that character and who we think he is in Star Wars canon? It absolutely has, because I think before this, my knowledge or my interaction with Thrawn first was with Heir to the Empire. Okay. And then it was uh, Rebels. Okay. Okay. So that was kind of like the idea I had in my head, but that's also the character that Timothy Zahn had created. Right. So obviously there was the whole hullabaloo when Disney took over and like mm-hmm. pushed things in the back. And I think the first thing I want to say about the Thrawn book is that Timothy Zahn is really quite the remarkable 
writer and the story reads so fast yeah and the characters that he develops over like a course of years like that feels real everyone feels good and like i just i'm excited to learn more about the chiss i love how he mm-hmm. buried the lead about him and anakin from the clone wars i I, I think I put this in the chat in between Rule Thirty Four pictures submitted by somebody. Um, uh, but who did? Who would do that? <laughs> I, that person uh, must be deranged. It was the first time I ever found myself rooting for the Empire. Interesting. When the person I was rooting for wasn't Anakin. Interesting. I feel like. Part of what I like about Thrawn is that I don't have to root for the Empire. So maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe I was rooting for for Thrawn. That, yeah. that, that's, I guess that's my way to say it. I was just traditionally the bad guy in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it isn't Anakin or Jar Jar Binks, then I'm usually rooting for the, the good guys, as you're supposed to. And in this this instance, I was, I was intrigued. And to know that it's canon mm-hmm. and to know that this is being adapted into what yep. we saw in Ahsoka... Um, this informs that character. Yes, I yeah. truly. I, I'm happy you brought it to my attention. I didn't even know about it until you oh brought it gosh. up. Like I didn't know, and to know that it's still Timothy Zahn. Yes, I mean the guy who made him. Right. Yes. And it's just it's it was incredible. It it literally was like I was just. I think I told Justin I was up to like one or two in the morning because Devin like rolled over like Why are you awake? And I was like I gotta finish it. Yeah, it's it so was good. just. It was I. I thank you Yay. dearly for it because it was fantastic. That's it's all it's do with me. I read a couple books because I think we've killed Justin and Mars. Yep, yep. I think <laughs> they have gone very. I don't very know quick. what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to remember anything that I've done in the last. I don't know how much time. <laughs> Are you still struggling? Stare. Well, you, you beat Kingdom Hearts, right, Mars? Oh uh, yeah! Right on blast! Right out the door. <laughs> See, Mars, I would mm-hmm. like for you to describe the experience that you're having right now. Is it? Little brother adjacent. <laughs> um, I feel very comfortable on the fence. It's a very nice seat. You right know here. what? <laughs> Just have it crack open another. Truly, let's have this conversation again in a couple minutes. Oh, actually, while whilst whoever goes next, I got a beer for tonight. I will go grab it. <gasps> oh, yeah, go get it. All right, Justin, let's move on to you. What have you been watching, reading, playing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And should we talk um, about our amazing thing we're doing next month? I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, I mean, we can absolutely talk about it. Um, so obviously the biggest it's, thing it's is... It's public, yeah. I'm going to let you say it because I probably don't sound my greatest, even in the local recording. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Oops. Do you uh, want us to put some effects on this? Some like, yeah. Some like, no. Some, like, I just mar- what is what is that like the the Valkyries the like da 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 flight of the Valkyries. Yeah. I'm. You say it. Come on. This you made this happen, so you deserve the right to say it. Um. Yeah. Rachel and I are jurors for the video game awards. Uh. So we're gonna what. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to go do that in LA in like 20 days or something like that. (gasps) Oh my God. That's awesome. Yep. Flights, hotel, books, like tickets bought. It's happening. We are going. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. We've already sent in our votes. 
So now it's just a waiting game to see which which parties we get invited to so we can go rub some elbows. Um, I think I'm going to wear that pink sequin dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. I'm yeah. I'm like I'm vaxxed to the max. I am boosted. I am ready to go and like have some drinks and make some friends and rub some elbows. And I cannot Hell, wait. Yes. So excited. Yeah. Oh, I got to go get my suit dry cleaned and stuff. I gotta think <laughs> oh. about, start thinking about that. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like a black, not black tie affair, but it's like. You Do you think like, the pink sequin dress will be okay for this event? Yes. Are you kidding me? You know, like yeah, you're yeah. gonna be in a suit. I don't want to be like the busted thumb next to you when you're all decked out in your suit. Rich, I don't think you've ever looked like a busted thumb. <laughs> I know. Want right? me to turn on my camera right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking like a digit, and it ain't the pointer, it ain't the middle, it ain't the ring, and it ain't the pinky. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you i appreciate you <laughs> all right well marzi you've had some time to kill what do you think what have you been watching playing reading whatever so i know i needed a minute because like i said my my memory is poop and everything i do immediately <laughs> leaves the room yeah. but i forgot that recently um so the lava has uh recently taken the graveyard shift at work Whoa. so i am home alone from a, about 10 15 at night until i leave for work and then he gets home right about when i'm leaving so oh, we kind of pass no. each other on the road that's so hard so i watched alone for the first time because i'm way behind the trend uh nope for the first time ever oh, while he was at ooh. work what do you think the, i loved it yeah. And so the whole time, because he's, you know, at work, so I'm texting him like, oh, my God, oh, my, like, I'm trying not to give it away, but I'm like, we have to watch this. And so the next time he had a day off and I was like, would you maybe want to watch? Nope. Because, like, he's mm -hmm. very particular about his horror movies and he doesn't like slow horror movies. So I was like, "Ooh, this is right on the cusp. I'm yeah. not sure. It could go either way. That's he loved so it. Like, to it's the point so where at good. one point. He stopped talking to me and he was just glued staring at the TV for Ooh, like 40 minutes straight. Didn't move, just watched. And then at one point he just turned around and looked at me and gave me this look like, what the fuck? And it was like, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, big, big fans. And to the point where he was like, we have to watch this again. I don't think I got everything the first time. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. We'll be watching it again. That's okay. So that was uh that was super fun. Uh recently we downloaded a game on the VR headsets. It's a game that we already had called Drop Dead and it's just a zombie first person shooter. Fun. But they updated recently and added a part that's that mixed reality. So it's like you see oh, your actual room around you but Ooh. with the zombies in it and no. stuff. No, 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 no. It's no, 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 no. so fucking scary. Yes. It is so fucking scary. And so like I've played it. I still play it every once in a while. He plays it a lot. I don't know how because like I play it maybe 6 minutes tops before I'm dead. And I get done and like my heart rate is through the roof. I'm sweating through all of my clothes. My <laughs> knees are wobbling. Like there's a ringing in my ears. It's so scary. So I don't know how he just keeps playing it. So most of the time I just have him cast it to like a computer or something. And I watch what he can see. Mm -hmm. And and he's like, 
oh, it's kind of cool because it's like I'm saving you and the cat from zombies. And I'm like, yeah, uh, as long as as long as you enjoy it. Oh, my God. It's so scary, though. But it's the first like mixed reality game I've ever played. And so like the technology is do is dope. Yeah. The game is freaking terrifying. Yeah. I'm so dead inside when it comes to horror movies, but horror games still scare me. Though. Oh, my <sighs> God. I am not trying to be weird right now. I'm in the <laughs> RV recording and there's a light in the sky. I can just see it through the screen <laughs> and the, you know how weird shit happens in the cemetery? Oh, yes. yes. The light that like, okay, so the truck is parked next to the RV. There's a sliver in the door, like maybe two inches that's above the truck and I can see the sky. And twice now, it just briefly lit up for a flash and then stopped. And I was watching it. And then it happened again and it stopped. And it hasn't happened since. And I'm very concerned about aliens. Oh, my God. It, you watched fucking Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what's been Have fucking... you watched No One Can Save You? Or No One Will Save You on no, Hulu yet? No, I want to really bad. It has a weird end. But, like, it is one of the scariest alien movies. You should You should watch it anyway. I do want to see it. Oh, so like the love is really bad at like when we watch anything where he'll any guess he has, he'll look at me and be like, is it? And he can tell when I'm trying not to give it away. But also because I'm the worst. If he's like, like if we're watching Nope and he was like, is it flying elephants? I'd be like, nope. And if he was like, it's aliens. And I'd be like, you just have to watch it so he can tell. But this one was fun because I mean, spoilers, I guess. Sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Nope, but I was like, it is aliens, but not in the way that you think. But I didn't Dude, say that to him, but I got to play that where I'm like, you'll see. Did mm -mm. you find, I felt like it was the most horrifying scene that I've seen in a very, very, very long time. And it's a strictly audio scene of the people screaming inside. Yes. Yeah. All right, whose turn is it? We talked about Marzi. We it's talked about yours, Destiny, we talked I about Larry. It's my you. turn. Okay. All right. What have I been watching? Well, I've been watching the new season of Dragula, which is excellent. It is a return to form. It um, really is. Again, I'm an episode behind, but yeah. I am very impressed. When I tell you, I have never been more turned on than a human. Like throb zombie is doing things for me i'm about that life. devin also made a comment devin you mentioned that you thought throb zombie was pretty hot yeah 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 they are kind of like um like uh, what the vegetarian's last hamburger you know what i mean like even <laughs> if you're maybe not on the queer spectrum they're like the exception to the rule i think yeah, Rob Zombie is hot, 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 hot. Um, what else have I been watching? The nice um, thing too about this season is that like I don't hate any of them. Well, I, I don't really like JK, but I don't hate anybody. Oh, I love JK. JK <sighs> is obnoxious, but in that way that you can feel comes from a place of like hurt. Yeah, so, like, I, I just a, need to see them back it up with the I need to see them back it up on the uh runway. Okay, well I'm gonna be quiet. So we're moving forward. Um <laughs> Because you have not, you're not caught up, so I don't want to say anything not, that I'm leans not. one way or the other. So I'm just gonna zip it. Okay. Um, okay. the other thing I've been watching is that new um Apple TV Plus series. Um, the uh, monsters. Yes. How is it? Very good. It's very good. I it saw has... a trailer, and I was like, maybe I should try to figure out Apple Plus again. You should because it's 
here's the problem is Apple Plus is like the worst streaming service with the best shows. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm sad to report like you have to suck it up because everything on there is actually of high quality. There's some great comedies. There's some great sci-fi. There's some great horror. And this new, the legacy of monsters is real good. It's what's great is it's Kurt Russell and his son playing the same character. Like really? Yes. So Russell. I love Kurt Russell. I didn't know he was in it. Oh yeah. Kurt Russell plays like uh his, well, I can't think of his son's name, but he plays him in the fifties. And then in like right after sort of, they call it G day Godzilla day in San Francisco. Yeah. Like we catch up with Kurt Russell and he is that same person that has like a link to sort of the origin of the, the founding of Monarch and like the discovery of the Kaiju and all that stuff. Are all the episodes out? Uh, I'm not sure because I mean, or are they I have, doing weekly drops? I don't know because I I have screener. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, 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 <laughs> but yes, yes. it is excellent. Like the budget is budgeting. Like it, it, there is money behind this. One of the sort of problems with those movies is sometimes the human elements are not as strong. This one, yeah, they leads, suck. They absolutely suck. <laughs> this one is like the human element is actually really interesting. It's told in multiple time periods, and you're like. It's called legacy because it's like these people in the fifties and then their children and like, like the overarching, like the, their discovery versus the impact. Like it's quite, quite good. Definitely recommend. So that, that is, those are the two like kind of like headline things. That well, I good. Thank watching. you for that. Cause I, I had been looking at it and cause I am always just. Yeah. Always ready to be excited for Godzilla mm-hmm. because of like my grandpa and stuff. And yeah. so I kind of came down because obviously Justin, we did Godzilla versus Kong for the show, and mm-hmm. the Godzilla and Kong part was great. Yeah, but there was the too much stuff. human stuff that I just did not give a damn about. Yeah, this is better. This okay. is better. All right, awesome. So that is what we have been watching. Um, Mars. We're getting into the actual review of this, but before we do that, can you do me a solid and let any new listeners who have come in? God bless you for making it this far. Um, <laughs> a solid and let them know how we handle spoilers on stream queens. Oh, we are going to spoil everything. We're going to talk about anything and everything that happened in this movie. We're not going to censor ourselves at all for anybody who hasn't seen it. So if you haven't seen final destination five and you do not want to be spoiled, now would be the time to dip out, go watch it, come back don't go into the spoiled. It's just more fun. That's the whole point. The whole point of these movies is to be on edge and nervous and yeah, sweaty and scared. So don't be spoiled. Go watch it and then come back and uh, listen to us talk about it. Agree 100%. All right. So we are going to be talking, obviously, like I said, about Final Destination 5. And this time I have the production notes because someone was derelict in their duties. But don't worry, I got it covered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What? Ariel, can we please do a curb your enthusiasm note? I will send you a screenshot. I requested many moons ago. To be relieved wow. of using my a duty. racist language. Wow, problematic. What? He's problematic. What problematic. Was what was racist? Anyway, as I... are you Native American? I don't think so. Do you also have a spirit guide? Do you? <laughs> I hey, love I that Ariel one... is 
Ariel's like the invisible stenographer of all of these episodes. We're just like, if Ariel could please take note of on the evening of October 29th, the message was posted. It was the 26th. It was the 26th. <laughs> but no, actually, the the one drug that I want to do is ayahuasca because oh of uh, you want to shit in a bucket in front of a group of people. No, because in in X Files, remember Mulder went and did it in the jungle in the in the desert. You know that they hand you the drug and a bucket, right? I just know what I saw in X Files. I got a coworker who uh, he works remotely still for my company, but he moved somewhere. I'm not even sure where to start an ayahuasca tribe. Because cult, cult. The word he, you're looking for is cult. Yes, yes. Because he decided he was an ayahuasca shaman, and uh, so he's somewhere out there. <laughs> uh, he has built some sort of cabin and uh, invites people to come to ayahuasca retreats. He uh, is calling himself a shaman, and um, I bet he is a lot less stressed than us, though. You know, he's a pretty gross person. If I'm gonna He's just just very like familiar a, with shitting in a bucket in public. Ayahuasca <laughs> aside, he's just a not a not a person I appreciate having in my life. I get along a lot better with him now that he is however many miles away and I never have to see or speak to him. It's amazing. Now I'm like, eh, I don't even care that he's around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but back when he was walking around with his really loud flip floppy <sighs> sandals and <laughs> Talking about the med- the plant medicine, you were ready to murder. Uh, well, no, it was mostly when he'd get on the phone with someone and be like, "Honey, can I please speak to your manager?" <laughs> Fucking ayahuasca Karen over here. Yeah, it was a bizarre thing. But yes, anyway, Ari- but yes, Ariel, I did make a request to be relieved of duties because I have been busy and I just didn't have time and I was ignored and then today right. shade was thrown my way for no reason and I had to this send a spanking a gift. This is a lie. I said, an Ariel, I would like to enter this into the record as well. <laughs> hey, because I, I admittedly missed this message but the way that I approached it was, hey, Larry, are you covering this? Granted, we did not talk about it, so it's totally okay for the answer to be no. So. I don't think that happened. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. I have screenshots. (laughs) (laughs) So background on Foundation (laughs) You bet. Okay. So let me, as the person who did the research, did my homework. Yeah, that's right. At the last minute, because I didn't actually know that he wasn't doing it until the last minute. Um, Here is what I learned in the process. So Final Destination 5 is the fifth film in the series, despite the fourth being called (laughs) Final Destination. (laughs) Peanut gallery. (laughs) Anywho, apparently... That film was meant to be the final, final destination. However, it did so well at the box office that they decided to go ahead and green light another film. But the way that they kind of get around this is sort of a twisty loophole, which I'm not going to spoil yet, but we will definitely be talking about. The film, like the first three, was shot in Vancouver and it was shot in 3D, the second in the franchise to be shot specifically for that format. It was de- it was briefly titled 
five null destination, which I'm very sad oh. they walked back a few months later. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm wow. glad there was a roundtable discussion on that one. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely the result of like a massive bong rip, but I almost wish they had leaned all the way in. Part of me also sickly wishes that, but also part of me is grateful for whatever person at that meeting just raised their hand and was like, I have a thought about the title. And I'm kind of glad. A hundred percent. It was like the one woman, like the Smurfette in the room was like, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Put down your like Coke straw because this is a <laughs> terrible idea. All right. So the plan with this was actually to go back to a darker and more suspenseful tone in the vein of the first film, which I think we'll get into it. We'll decide how we feel about that. This time around, it was directed by Stephen Quayle, who honestly, I am not familiar with anything else in his credits. Um, but he it was written by Eric Heiserer, who went on to do several things, good and bad. For instance, he wrote the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oof. The Thing oof. sequel. Oof. But yeah. also Lights Out, Arrival, and Bird Box, all of which were oh. films that I enjoyed very much. Yeah. I... Is lights? That's the horror movie, right? Lights out. Yes. Yeah, that was not good. Okay. Well, different strokes for different folks. Did you see the short it's based uh, on? Yes. Oh, One the of the so early good. bonding experiences that Mars and I had was she sent me that short to look at. Yeah. You remember that, Marzi? Yeah, that's when okay, our friendship like... was first blossoming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was like right after Shut Up, Mars. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the short is so good. It's so good. Oh, there are things so about creepy. that the the film that I appreciate. Like, is it a perfect film? No, but I do feel like it's successfully creepy. It is. I think so. Oh, I was telling Justin that you wanted to join us for uh, Under the Skin. I told him he's in for a fun one. Ooh. Oh my god, I fucking love that. Movie. That movie's so good. <gasps> Mars, you want to join too? Justin will hate it, but we're I love that movie. I love Sorry, that Justin. movie. Yeah, it's fine. What are you doing for that movie? It, it uh 2025? In two years. Excelsior. <laughs> I know, I know. When I was like, let me know so I can put it on my calendar, like 2025. I was like, fuck all the way off. <laughs> <laughs> that is some like I mean, that is some wishful thinking. I got to say, that is some magical thinking that you think in 2025 that that is what the schedule is going to be. After <laughs> you think it created a human ass being. <laughs> like... <laughs> you think in 2025 we won't be bunker living in an apocalyptic wasteland? Oh, I mean. Oh, my God. I hope so. Wait. No, I mean, that would be terrible. <laughs> no, you know what would be good, though? Is, kids uh, the and island... soon to be kids. I hope not. <laughs> The island commune. That's that's what we hope. That's better. That's better. So back to this. So the other person co-credited um, on this is Jeffrey Reddick, uh, who I believe it's primarily just because it's uh, characters based on Final Destination and he wrote the initial film. Okay. Um, so there was a little controversy about the marketing of this film, specifically in the UK. Uh, there were 13 complaints filed that children had been disturbed by the poster of this film, which it, like you probably when you think about the poster of this film, it is that picture where it's the skull like being blown up by rebar. They got 13 yeah. complaints about it from children. <laughs> oh. Very upset. So like the Advertising Standards Authority in the UK ruled that that advertisement could not be used there again. 
Warner Brothers tried to fight it. They countered it, basically saying that it accurately reflected the content of the film in an appropriate manner without causing excessive fear or distress, specifically because the poster is not colorful. They said that children were unlikely to engage or like it was not going to engage their attention because it was like this surreal image essentially in black and white. Unfortunately for Warner Brothers, the standards board were like, nah, dog. <laughs> no. So <laughs> since then, they've never been able to show that poster publicly in the UK again. I think that's why if you go and look, there's like a poster where there's like a five through the eyes. I think that might be the replacement um, marketing materials in the UK. I just Googled um, it. There's a couple that are not, one of them's kind of cool, but yeah. Yeah. seems like there's a few where they took out that whole image altogether just to like make it better. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is a shame because actually I think the that poster is awesome. Like if I, I were too. a super, like if I were a super Final Destination head, that's the one I would want, I think. It's really cool. Um, okay, so the film premiered on August 4th in 2011 at the Fantasia International Film Festival, followed by a theatrical release in August, on August 12th in the United States where it received uh, mixed reviews. Basically, they broke down between two sort of schools of thought, and one of them was basically like on a positive side that this movie really harkened back to the origins of the film, the tone, the spirit of it, whereas the negative reviews were kind of like, this thing is not ideating, it is not bringing anything new to the table. And I think you, you will, as we get into our review, we can kind of maybe touch on how we feel about that sort of division. Um. So it when it premiered, it was it premiered at number three at the weekend box office behind Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I absolutely saw that week in the theater. So I contributed to that, as well as The Help, which I have never seen. And it was the third biggest Final Destination opening behind 2009's The Final Destination, which is the one that you know did so well that it greenlit this, and Final Destination three. Um, it it grossed domestically 42 million and internationally 115 million for a worldwide total of 157 million becoming the second highest grossing film of the franchise. All right. So, in the spirit of Larry, the Larold, the one and only Beeve, um I went ahead and pulled some trivia that I thought was interesting about this. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. I love trivia. Right? Actually, there's some fun stuff in here too. Okay, so this film actually features the longest opening disaster in the film series. The bridge disaster, which has forever traumatized me, is four <laughs> minutes and four seconds of hell. <laughs> of pure <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> um, and the name of the company the eight survivors work for is called Presage Paper. And the word presage actually is a... It means a sign or warning that something bad will happen, which I thought okay. was kind of cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So much like the first film, several of the main characters here are named after famous horror directors. And I don't think this was a thing that carried on throughout the franchise, but you can correct me. In this case, Peter Friedkin is named after the Exorcist director, William Friedkin. Candace Hooper is named after Toby Hooper who I don't know if you've ever heard of a little film called The Tanks and Chains of Massacre, which fucking rules. Um, he, and Poltergeist. <laughs> Olivia Castle is named after William Castle, who directed The Tingler and House on Haunted Hill. So, so I'm almost 
I'm like 95% certain that in the first movie, they are also named after horror people. They absolutely are. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if there's anything between the first one and... Oh, follow you. Okay, I misunderstood how you were phrasing that. Yes, okay. Sorry. I mean, I am now about four drinks in, so who (laughs) the fuck knows what I said? But yeah, what I was trying to get at was the first film did this sort of homage to these previous directors, and this one does as well. Okay. All right. During the gymnastics practicing. Oh, Oof. God. Oh, dear God. Um, it actually features Canadian Olympian. So Hell maybe yeah. you know her, Justin? Yeah, of course. We... Brittany Rogers. She, yeah, right? You like saw her at, uh, at the old Horty Horts, which is what you guys call Tim Hortons, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's no. a thing? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You take your they were watching your a Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. You like exchange loonies and toonies for Horty Horts? Yes, that's that's a thing. Um, so she is actually the gymnast on the balance beam while Candace is on the uneven bars. So that's cool. Oh, cool. Oh. There are also some sort of like franchise Easter eggs that pop out throughout this for uh, reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into. But the picture that Olivia knocks over on her desk when uh, it was taken at Devil's Flight, the roller coaster oh. from Final Destination 3. Okay. Um, the picture of Roy standing next to a number six race car, which is the one that caused the crash in Final Destination, in the Final Destination. Um, the restaurant that Sam works at is called Le Cafe Miro 81. This cafe is actually the same, like, it's the, it's not the same one, but it is the same sort of uh, franchise that is the one in Paris in the original film. Oh! And, yep. There is, during the bus ride, we see a um, truck full of, you know, um, logs, which is a reference to Final <laughs> Destination 2. Yeah. Yes. The video that the office workers are watching on the bus describing the corporate retreat company that they're working with, um, that company is 180 Corporate Consulting, which is a reference to 180, oh, Flight 180. What? And yeah. also, one last sort of subtle callback to the Flight 180 from the first one is that if you look at La Cafe Miro, it's all in capital letters, and it's shown in reflection so that backwards it looks like the number 180. Oh. Oh, cool. So Cafe Miro 180, so it's 18, and then the, the O is a capital, so it looks like zero. So that's what I've got. That is the background. What do you guys think? Are you happy with it? Did I do okay? Yeah, yeah, you did awesome. No, Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. So now, Marzi, I'm gonna vamp a little bit to give you time. I'm stretching out. Your, I'm stretching out and getting ready. Your energy, yeah. Like do some like some oral exercises. Stretch out the the vocal cords. Do whatever it is that you need to do. A little me 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 me. A little gotta um, shake out the limbs, gotta get the blood yep. pumping. We could do this. We can do this. Right, get some neat neurons firing, whatever you need to do, because it is time. This is your sport. This is your Michael Jordan moment. This is your <laughs> other sports reference. Um, we're gonna do the 60 <laughs> second synopsis, and you are the champion of this. Do you feel prepared? So oh uh, yeah, well, I feel pressure. Because I'm always okay. like, the first one was good. I feel like they've gone downhill since then. I've just, uh, I'm getting into yeah, the yips. Today, today, oh, don't have the yips today. Every new synopsis is a new opportunity to thrive and, and succeed and to elevate and to really put us all to shame. So, And I'm going to kick that 
three pointer into the one goal hole <laughs> and other sports <laughs> things. Nailing are you it. Impressed, Larry? Are you impressed with our sports references? You guys are very, very good. Thank you. We're you good at sports. <laughs> okay. We love sports, sports. You know, I actually pl- at, like enjoy playing sports. I know it's shocking to hear, but like watching you really? sports kill me now. But yeah. Oh yeah. I actually love playing sports. Okay. Yeah. Like I in school I played every sport until everybody got way too. Did you really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What was your favorite? Um, probably softball was my favorite, but I also really enjoyed volleyball. And when I was, when everybody wasn't as tall, I enjoyed basketball. (laughs) 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 Um, but I ran track. I did like shot put and threw discus. Okay. I'm learning something about you. I can see why you like the carny. Yeah. You were a job. I want to step right up. Everybody's a winner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I pretty much killed it at marching band. (laughs) <laughs> were you in marching band that's so oh, cute yeah. oh yeah what did you play in marching band uh three years i marched the flute and then my senior year i marched the mellophone and then What's i did the winter mellophone? percussion on the what the mellophone? mellophone it's like a okay. big trumpet it's the marching french horn because then I, I played french horn in concert band what the hell and then i mellophone. did uh i'll, I'll send you what a picture what is this i've we never just, seen uh, this before we just unearthed the picture. There's a picture taken of me marching oh. the mellophone that looks, it's like an action picture. And I used to be really proud of that. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. Okay. Please I do, also need do. you while you're getting this, Googling this and finding this, I need you to look up mellophone with one L because it is a very, very, very different like, <laughs> instrument. Look, it, it is, it, it, the mellophone with one L is wild. And I was like, how do you even play it? Hold on, mellophone French. I'm gonna send you the thing I thought you played, and I'm like, what the fuck even are you? When but I it's a thing. Google it, it's what exactly I'm talking about. Okay. Well, with one L, if you look yeah, at that's... mellophone on the Met collection of Oh, the little box thing? Yes! That's what I was like, what the fuck is that? No, not that at all. <laughs> that's what came up first. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> No, not, I don't know what that is. That looks crazy. It's like a guitar had an illegitimate child with an accordion. Yeah. And right? somehow like had a Dybbuk box influence. Yes. Like definitely there is a there is a demon inside this. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, why no, wow. for sure. You play see, that. See, I'm not crazy. Intriguing. <laughs> that is not what I marched. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Have we vamped long enough? Are you prepared? Are you mentally, yeah. spiritually, sexually uh, yeah. prepared? Yeah, I got for this. this. I got okay, this. All okay. Right, here we go. Three, two, one. Let's jam. Okay. So this time the incident is on a bus and a bridge collapse, and the premonition is had by Sam, and Sam just wants his girlfriend back, but he also wants to live. So they got off the bus and then they just start dying in that order. But like luckily in this one, nobody does one of those impossible Google searches to figure out what happens. And instead, Tony Todd comes back and he tells them that they can kill someone in order to get their lifetime. So Peter loses his goddamn mind and tries to kill Molly, but then kills a detective instead. And then he's like, I'm good, but I gotta kill Molly also. But then Sam kills Peter, and then Sam and Molly get on a plane to go live their lives to the fullest and in pairs. But twist, that doesn't work. 
work. And all this is actually the like the inciting incident for this whole series all along. And then the plane goes down and as do Sam and Molly and like, sorry, Nathan, you picked the wrong guy. And Final Destination 5. Wow. wow. Fantastic. 39.99 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice Mars. <sighs> I got lightheaded. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into our review, starting with the plot. Now, Larry or Justin, which of you would like to go first? I can. Jay, you go first. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, Weirdly enough, this, this is gotta be the one that has like uh, the most number of grounded characters that's not to say there's a lot um because you <laughs> do like, still there have are two yeah well yeah exactly um but that's i mean that's more than we've gotten in the in the in the past and uh fair i don't know there's like some weird actual character growth which felt weird uh it were it was uh reminiscent of the I think it was the security guard where we like got like two seconds of story from him. It was like that, but obviously like more drawn out. And I actually kind of enjoyed that. Uh, we, you know, other than that, it really is just a final destination movie. Um, and I kind of liked the fact that it tied it all together, especially knowing that this was supposed to be like the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was like, eh, I don't know. It, it was more enjoyable than what we've got in the past. I, I don't know if it's my favorite one, uh, but I do enjoy the fact that we do get some character growth out of some of our characters. Obviously, we still have the assholes and the weird pervert. Ugh. Yeah. But he, that, okay. But Ugh. the thing is, is we'll that that pervert that. guy, he's like, he's an amazing actor because he's, it was, well, and yeah. he's like, he's in other yeah, things. He was obviously. in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he's in the boys. I mean, I'm isn't sad he? because yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like to me, he's also the voice of Boy- Bolin in Korra, the Avatar sequel. So like oh. seeing him be a creep, I was like, no, not Bolin. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so different than the other creeps we've been presented with in this series because it was so obvious that he was like that his character wasn't meant to be like looked on in any positive light. Just very clear that he was like a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, and he yeah. played into it. And I will yeah. say it was very nice to get Toady Todd back. Like, I know it, we we only got, like, brief oh time God. with him, but it was like, fuck. It, we were definitely missing him in the past. For sure. Yeah. All right, Marzi, you love this franchise. How did you feel about the plot of Final Destination 5? So for me, this is the one out of the five that's the closest to the first one. So that already makes me love it more than the other ones aside from the first one the first one's my favorite always but the part of the plot in this that i love the most is that um i mean first of all i so so much appreciate that the characters figure out the death order thing without like because like the last few they really just phoned it in where they didn't even like they didn't even do a Google search in the one prior to this. They just had the main character be like, you know what I found out? There was this flight 180 and these kids going to Paris and the same thing happened. And it's like, first of all, none of those details are Googleable. Nobody is writing a newspaper article about death's order and how they had to interrupt the order in order to whatever. So first of all, no, sir, you did not Google that. But second of all, like 
they didn't even put in the time to show the research in the previous ones. They were just kind of like, you know. So I really, really liked that this plot didn't include Sam doing some sort of internet search, which we don't really find out until the end. Would not even really have been possible for his time frame because Google was not where it was at in the time frame of the movie taking place versus when it came out in theaters. But my favorite part of this plot is when they're talking to Tony Todd and he's saying, like, I've seen this happen before. And when you haven't seen this movie, you're thinking like, oh, well, yeah, because he told Devin Sawa. And then you find out that Devin Sawa hasn't happened yet, right, at the end, which means that not only is this plot the inciting incident for the Devin Sawa plot, but Tony Todd has seen this happen previous to the Sam plot. So I kind of like that deep implication that they put into this plot with and they didn't like I feel like they didn't beat us over the head with it like he just made like two sentences and it's not until everything plays out that it kind of hits you on oh my god like yeah I don't know like I feel like the impact of that statement is uh bigger than what we've gotten in most of the other movies um I do I do love that they decided to write a movie that looped into the first one and that everything that we just watched is what caused Devin Sawa's movie to happen. Because essentially, like, what the implication we're getting is that Sam killing Peter didn't actually ch- cause the switch. So he might have thought he was safe, but he wasn't. They got on this plane. The fact that Sam's not safe when he thought he was is what was supposed to kill Devin Sawa. But then Devin Sawa, as the premonition gets off and starts the Devin Sawa movie, which starts... Final Destination 2, which starts, you know, so I don't know. I just, I love, I love the way it was written that, you know, that we're giving this movie that's like, this is what started it all. And for all we know, whatever Tony Todd was referencing when he said, I've seen this happen before, might have had some sort of inciting incident that started the bridge collapse. You know, like, I don't know. I love, I just, that's what I love about this is that, yeah, we get some duds in the middle, but I love the I love the wraparound. I love the surprise. We're going back to the beginning, and that's uh, I love. I, I do really like this one a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. It makes me happy to hear you say that. All right, Lerald, what did you think? Yes, so I did like this one in a way that I didn't like for three, four, or five. Or three or four. This is five. Uh, and I kind of mentioned this before we started getting recording when we were all kind of just being set up. Is that this felt like the Hallmark version of the Final Destination movies. Like the most like made for TV-ish kind of plot beats. Like with like the overarching like romance that's going on throughout it. And like the jealous friend. And just, like, the overall tone, it felt like we would hear the music that you would hear in, like, sitcoms where, like, someone learned a lesson and it goes, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it was, it just had a a much different tone than mm-hmm. any of the other ones had. Um, but, yeah, kind of echoing what you all said. I enjoyed seeing Tony Todd back. I liked it tying back into their beginning. It was a really fun twist. Um and I didn't hate it. I didn't like actively have a bad time. And it's an hour and a half, which I think these movies are best when they're tight. Yeah. And um, 
No, I I have nothing negative to say about it. Like it's not the greatest thing. It's definitely not in like my top two, but it is nowhere as as what some of the ones we've watched are. Yeah, I think this one has the best disaster by far. It's absolutely fucking horrifying. Um, I think obviously plane crashes are terrifying, but you know, the way that it was actually depicted on film was not because we're you know, like it it wasn't as scary as this. Yes, it's long and it's gruesome. And I don't know. This one really freaked me out. Well, yeah, you live in a city that's connected by suspension Surrounded bridges. Surrounded by suspension bridges. I mean, as do I, I guess. Yeah. To be fair, I am also the city of bridges. So, yeah, I get yeah. it. This one also felt the most like an actual movie in a while. I think the last couple of films we've talked about this a little bit have really felt like rides. And this one, as Justin alluded to, actually has some character development and it wants you to actually invest in some of its characters in ways that it was kind of like, man, and out these dumbasses are disposable as hell in the last couple of movies. I do like the little twist at the end. I think, um, and there's the big twist, obviously, but there's actually sort of a twist that's sort of like sunshine style that happens before then, as you talked about in your synopsis, where one of our lead characters essentially becomes like a second antagonist and is like trying to kill one of the other characters. I, I thought that was a, a new element that had I don't recall happening in any of the other films, and I appreciated yeah. that. I felt like it actually added some tension to the formula. Um, I will say I was a little sad. On one hand, I appreciated the big twisty twist and that it all kind of like tied back into it. And I was like, as soon as I got on the plane, I was like, oh, no. Um, but there's a part of me that really wants someone to break the fucking formula. Like somebody needs to survive. I need it. I need for it because what happens when there's guaranteed no survivors is it guarantees no stakes. It's just a matter of how, like who's going to die well, when. We do have two survivors. <laughs> well, we have. I think we only have like two canonical people who are alive. Your girly that you liked from the first movie that dies in the second. Who clear, else? No, 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 no. No, yeah. from the second movie, the uh, the blonde girl who was in Criminal Minds and the cop. Did she survive? And did they yeah. make it? Yeah, because the guy. The, remember the kid blows up at the grill. But the no. implication is that he. <laughs> the implication is be is that they also died because the kid blew up at the grill, so the cycle's not ended. Right. I, I think will, while we go unless... for it, I will go and find out if. The wiki says that they're canonically alive. I'll find yeah, out. Yeah, find out. Yeah. I would like to actually know. Yeah, well, I, I would I too. Think that, I think when I was doing research, I I think that those are the only two who are like canonically, like are not like mentioned being killed or anything like that. But I'll find out. Yeah, let me know because I actually want to know. Um. So yeah, so I feel like that this is when I talked about at the beginning where it was talking about the critics were divided between both it being a return to form and also not really adding to canon. Like I actually agree. I think both of those answers are actually correct. Like I wish that there was, there was more of the breaking of the formula, but also this is the best one that we've had in a really long time. Like maybe since the first one for me. Um, and I am a broken person at the end. of Yeah. I really wanted to know what you thought about, Several of the kills, but I don't know. If I think when is... we get into to the, the last section, which is like how scary it is, like we can yeah. get into it there. That's where I really I, I have I have thoughts as well. <laughs> okay. I have a lot I have, of I have the answer. Okay. 
if you consider the DVD bonuses for Final Destination 3 to be canon, which most fans do not, Kimberly would have been the seventh survivor of Route 23 to die. If not, then she is one of only two characters in the movie to have successfully cheated death, the other being Thomas Burke, which is the cop. Oh, okay. So those two, like unless you take bonus content on the shittiest of all these movies, uh, they're alive, and they are the only two who are alive. Okay. I like it. I'll take it. Okay. Well, there we you gotta go. Keep our, we got to keep the, the lore straight. <laughs> we got to stay in canon. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Awesome. So, okay. Let's do scores. Justin, what is your score for plot? I'm actually going to give this a seven. All right. Marzi? I was going to give it a seven, but now I'm going to give it an eight. There you go. <laughs> All right. Lerald? So I gave the Final Destination a five. This is significantly better than that. I gave it a six and a half. Okay. I'm going to also give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. I like that. That feels like perfect. the correct number. All right. Let's get into the visual. So, Justin, what did you think of this film visually? I kind of agree. It's got like this weird, like, not only feel to like the movie itself, but like it's also got like a weird vibe like like aesthetic vibe to it because it definitely doesn't seem like it's set in 2001 is that what that's when it's set right mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember the exact date yeah it doesn't f- well yeah i guess so right because it came out in 2011 but twisting horror yeah like it, it it feels like really up until that ending that it takes place in 2011 like it doesn't really give off I'm trying to think, but now I guess you don't really see anybody on like cell phones and stuff or like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's weird how they kind of like uh, shroud the, the, the time and day. But other than that, like the kills, I actually really enjoyed. You, you can definitely tell some of them look kind of goofy, but when we, when they happen, they're kind of goofy. But when we kind of like, like the wrench, for example, looks kind of goofy uh-huh. when it happens <laughs> to him. But when we see the aftermath, it looks really good. Yeah. And I mean, same with the, oh my God, the gymnast. I like the second it happens, it looks goofy, but it's also super fucking brutal. Uh, but then when it kind of hangs on it for a second, you kind of like really take in what's happening and it, it really starts to like look better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed like a lot of these kills. <laughs> the issue I have with it is some of the like opening kills were kind of goofy to me like the guy's face when it looked all weird when he got impaled and the person getting hit by the car in the water. I I mean, visually it just isn't exciting, I guess, but I really liked the super, even like the super CGI person falling on top of like the boat and getting like impaled and obviously having that like, Oh, that's yeah. 3D. Yeah. It still looked cool, even yeah. though it's like obviously super fake. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it was kind of like a weird mishmash of CGI and realistic, but you could, tell the difference and we're kind of we were starting to kind of get to that point where the kills don't look as bad in cgi i still don't think it looks as good as like practical kills but the gore is practical so seeing the aftermath of everything looks really good awesome how about you marzi what did you think of this visually 
Uh, I really like watching this movie because it, like, I don't know, it's something about it, it, like, if it's, I don't know what it is, if it's color correction or something, but something about about it, like, I watched it on my laptop, and it reminded me of watching a movie in theaters. And the other movies prior to this, like, aside from the first one, like, 2, 3, and 4 felt like, oh, I'm watching a movie on a TV. Like, something about the, I don't know if it's uh, shot structure or framing or color correction or whatever it is, but something about it was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm watching a movie at home. Something about this movie is very, like, reminiscent for me of watching a movie in theaters. So it gives me that theater quality feeling, even though I'm watching it on my laptop. And that I I like, and I think it also maybe is because it reminds me of the first one so much, so it endears me to the first one, which I saw in theaters. So I don't know, but I like I I like visually watching this movie more than I've liked watching visually the movies before it. A hundred percent agree with the with what Justin said about all of the kills. Um, man, like some some of those kills were so hard for me to watch. The screw on the balance beam still every Ooh. every single time. Ooh. Ooh. Every time. And then the acupuncture needles. Whew. Rough. Rough, rough, rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there are moments where you're like, well, this is goofy CGI. But then, like, like, like he was saying, you know, after the screwdriver or the, you know, whatever, not a screwdriver. Help me with tools. What is it? The wrench. The wrench. 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 Hits him in the face. And, like, the aftermath is, like, the effects are so good. Or, like, the guy who falls and the hook gets him through the head and then at the last second mm-hmm. like pops through his skull like there are, there's there's some good things in here there's some goofy things in here but compared to and i mean like i don't know if it's fair to compare it to the ones that came before it but like comparatively better not the greatest but better how about you literals visually where are you at with this one so once again echo what mars and Justin said i think the big thing for me is that I'm actually kind of on the opposite side of what you said, Rachel, whereas this this opening death sequence is one of the least impactful ones, almost tied with the NASCAR one. Mm, Because it's just things that like I just like don't really experience. Like they're like the bridges here are like over top of like cricks. Like there's like nothing, there's no stakes, right, with them. Right. Um and even being out there when we were visiting, like going over the bridges and everything i was more just having fun looking around i was never once like scared or anything i've never had that kind of vibe but the other thing too is that most of the death sequences that happen in this one like the eye doctor the gymnastics like the acupuncture massage like those are situations that i've never been in Hmm. like i've just never been involved in things like that and i think for me that's what kind of made deaths that seem even more goofy outside of like some of the cgi stuff is that like i can't see it like i've been in a tanning bed and i know what it's like to feel like you're trapped inside of it so i got that obviously the flight stuff obviously driving behind trucks with like the logs there's all those things that like i've seen myself in and i think that's what the first movie did so well is that the rube goldbergs where they ended up dying were just like natural things like the guy getting choked out while in the bathroom. Or the just woman, making tea in your kitchen. 
Yes, the teacher making the tea. And even in the second one, the guy's making spaghetti and like he falls out and then the ladder comes and impales him in the face. Like it's like we got so far. And I think that the gymnast one kind of like hits the nail on the head for me the most because that one is just so like so many false flags, so many like red herrings. And then finally, when we get to where we're going, it's just like, I don't know. I don't hate it. It is not the worst that goes to some of the previous entries in this franchise as far as like cinematography and stuff goes. Like I said, it felt more made for TV. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. I I, I definitely know that as we continue through the franchise, you have to like keep upping the ante, upping the ante. And to me, most of the deaths worked pretty well. Like I, like I said at the beginning, love the opening, love to hate the opening scene. Um, <laughs> I think that the, you know, the gymnast kill is pretty great. I think that like, not so much that the gymnast kill itself, but the way that it results where she's just kind of like, it follows crumpled and compound fractures, just the aftermath of it, it has so much impact that I was definitely, and, and all the ways that like you have the false sort of, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And then when it finally happens, like it definitely throws you off a little bit. So like that worked for me. The eye laser was fucking intense and terrifying. And as someone who's been like kind of, toying with the idea of getting LASIK. I'm like, there's no way that I can get it and not be thinking (laughs) about this now. There's absolutely like there's zero like my chance of being chill in that chair is zero now. Well like the detective said, five systems had to fail for that to happen. That's a lot. Like you Mm. you should be safe. Mm. But when it's like burning our hand and oh, all of it is so fucking dense. Um, I also appreciated sort of the sort of washed out sort of blue color palette of this one. I feel like it gives it that sense of foreboding and like the uncanny in a way that like even when nothing crazy is happening on screen, there is just sort of this sense of like tension and um that permeates the entire mood of the film. So I appreciated that. Um, And I feel like, you know, the 3D is less egregious in there, in here than it was in the last one. There's definitely (laughs) moments where we have some like absurd CGI. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, I do feel like there was definitely more. I I think Justin actually hit on this, so I'm not going to say anything he hasn't already said, but like it, the kills themselves felt really nasty and, and more grounded in the aftermath um than than previous entries um so yeah i don't know visually this stylistically and visually worked for me more so than the last couple have especially the last one that was the nascar one right that one was wiggity wiggity whack visually for me yeah so so yeah i came out i think in a slightly better place um so let's give it scores justin what is your score visually for this film Uh, i'm actually gonna give it an eight all right marcy I'm going to give it a seven. Lerald. Six and a half. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven on this one. I think seven for me. Okay. All right. Audio. Let's talk performances. Let's talk music. Let's talk sound design. Let's talk, etc. Justin, where'd you land? Uh, on? Why do I always have to go first? <laughs> because that's the order and I'm drunk and I need to have it on order. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> she needs consistency. Okay, that's fine. I literally wrote it down because I'm struggling. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so 
Man, okay, this is where I think this movie actually kind of falters a little bit, but also excels. Um, I'm usually not one for okay. like character actors, uh, but our assholes are incredibly good at playing assholes. Uh, specifically the creep. I think he does a fantastic, I mean, that's like what I know him from because he's a creep in this and the boys. Um, and I don't know. I think he does like a really good job of just being that like a right creep. Um, the soundtrack, I honestly, I've watched this movie last night after Larry and I recorded. I couldn't tell you a single song. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, dude, I was up very late. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could not tell you a single song that was in this movie. Yeah, me neither, to be honest. I, and there's like a whole list of soundtrack and I'm like, mm, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, like even the score itself in these movies is always kind of forgettable. So, I don't, I don't know. It was kind of just like mid-range. Its characters were like, okay. The soundtrack was subpar. The gushing from the deaths was kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the gushing. <laughs> how, how else would you put it? No, it's accurate. I'm not, I'm laughing the, at the word, not disagreeing. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, Marzi, audio, lay it on me, babe. The first time I ever saw this movie, when Molly shows up in the very beginning, the song that's playing on her radio, at the time, it being 2011 when I saw this, I actually like noticed it and was like, huh, that's weird. That's from an early 2000, that's an early 2000s song. Weird that they would have her listening to that, but you know, whatever. We all have iPods and listen to older stuff, whatever. And so, in the end, when it turns out that this is actually taking place, you know, th before the first Final Destination, I thought that was clever. I don't know if it's like too over the top for some people, but for me, it felt like such like a little little sign of when this actual time period is happening. Uh -huh. And then when you know that later and seeing it and then yeah realizing again nobody's doing google searches nobody is using their phone their cell phones like it's it actually like there's just these little things that they don't make a big deal about that kind of showcase the period of time that we're in and then even going back when you look at the fashion which i know like maybe not a lot of people do but it was a lot of cuffed capris a lot of cuffed capris. <laughs> they you did a really saying? good job of tucking that in. I, I agree with you 100%. Watching you know? it this time and knowing where it was going, I, I could not agree more. It's yeah. a lot of little, and it like, and they don't like hit you over the head with it, kind of. And that's what I like mm -hmm. about it. And uh, as far as characters go, I do like that the creep in this one is not the like, the creep that we've seen in every movie prior, where it's like, overly like i just want to bang everything creep or like i'm taking photos of upskirts creeps it was the creep yeah. that you see in real life it was the real life creep you know yes. the one who's like hey kimber no i mean amber that's what i said that's what i totally yeah. said you know like it was a real life creep so he's yeah. of all the creeps we've witnessed in these movies this is probably my favorite because he's the most realistic I liked the characters in this one. They didn't feel so like cartoonish like we've seen in kind of the ones before this or so like this is exactly the kind of role I'm supposed to play and I'm going to play it. Like it felt a little bit more attuned to the first movie. And uh, I don't know. I appreciated it more. I liked it more. Like it's not, you know, groundbreaking or anything, but it's it was really nice to see these kinds of characters versus the kinds of characters we've seen in the last couple of final destination movies. 
<laughs> Fair. All right. Awesome. How about you, Lerold? I think this is actually the best part of the entire movie. I mentioned like the Hallmarky vibes, but I think that I don't. I watch Hallmark movies. I enjoy a, a decent Hallmark movie, and it's because like the characters know what they're doing. Like they like in a Hallmark movie, like they understand that around like the 45 50 minute mark you're going to meet the rival cake maker and about how this is actually the corporate <laughs> cake maker, right like like they just know what they're doing and you get that here i love i love uh, the uh, actress who plays olivia like i think she's probably my favorite character i liked peter and sam's relationship i liked molly and sam's like super melodramatic like cw style like i can't go to france but you have to follow your dreams but i love you like it's like so stupid and then it's anchored by what i think are like two top tier performances from courtney vance who i will watch in anything if put in front of me yes and what Tony is Todd. courtney vance doing in this it's wild <laughs> yeah i know right like, it's out it's out of nowhere and it it, 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 it it and it doesn't make these like character actor performances less it anything like it is highlights it like it's like when you're watching a hallmark movie and all of a sudden like dolly parton shows up it's like, yeah. well, okay, well, shit, okay, this is what we're doing. Watching it this time, knowing where the film was taking me, hearing the music date stuff, seeing, like, the phones date things, um, I, I love it. Justin is totally right. I, if you gave me four scores and told me to pick up the Final Destination one, I don't know if I could. Um, but overall, this is, like, the area that, like, shined. Because it, it knew what it was doing. Like, it... Like, in a way that, like, maybe some of the Saw movies or some of, like, the Hellraiser movies never really got, this movie understood its purpose and what the characters were meant to do. And it's why I didn't feel grossed out by the perv. You know? It's just like, like oh, okay. Like, 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 you're in on it. Like, like, you're in on, like, how, like, piece of shit you are. And the movie is, too, which is why they send in, like, it's, I don't know. Like, it d didn't feel like the other, like, nasty dudes that we have gotten in these. It felt more like we're all in on like the joke here. It it felt to me like the the previous pervs was like, oh, you're just trying to write a gross character, but this one felt like, oh, we actually are understanding what's gross. And yes, exactly. Thank you, Mars. And that's what we're creating is something we're like we're not just being going to be like blah 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 my dick. Like yes, we're like you know what an actual predator is like this guy. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my thoughts. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think with the exception of the first film, the sort of weak point of this franchise is the characters. You know, like, it because of the way that these movies function, there is no need to make you give a, a solitary shit about them. And so no effort is put into making you care about them. And I think that this movie does a better job with our leads. And so when we get the character shift with the friend who turns homicidal, like some of that hits a little harder than it would have been any of the previous yeah. um, entries barring the first one. Yeah. Um, I do think that I wish that I, I get that you guys are saying like, oh, yeah, the movie's in on why this guy's a scumbag and da 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 da. We also could not have a scumbag. <laughs> That's yeah, but, also an option. Um, we've got I one think, in every single movie, though. 
I know, but I would like for the next one that they they're currently making to eliminate that trope. There are so many hallmarks of this franchise. There's so many elements that come into all of these movies. There's so many Easter eggs. I feel like we can, as a culture, move past this character. Because for me, what it means is there's a portion of this movie that even when it's done well, I roll my fucking eyes. And I'm just like, okay, let's wrap it up. Because I don't I don't think those jokes are funny. I think, yes, he's a scumbag. But at the same time, I don't know that we're all laughing. I don't, I'm, we're still laughing at these like sex workers that are probably trafficked. I don't know. It was for me the weakest part of the, of the movie. That being said, there it's also character stuff is the, is some of the stronger stuff in this. I think, I wish that we could have even leaned more into this, this, this relationship dynamic, because I do think that final act, the second to last act twist where we have the this these additional antagonist is the places where this movie really differentiates itself and is when it's at its strongest and when its stakes actually feel like stakes. Um, because we have a character that presumably is a survivor now in danger. So I don't know. No, I, feel I love of that. two minds. Yeah. I love that dynamic. I love that like and that's new. That's new to the series where we have someone who's in a premonition who doesn't die. Yeah. And she's safe throughout all this, but is still involved yeah and i i like that a lot yeah um, I, yeah not I agree. to play devil's advocate on the gross guy but these movies do require a certain number of red shirts right because you have to have a certain number of 100%. characters die in the beginning in order for our main characters to learn the pattern or to see so wouldn't you rather they be scumbags yes you know no <laughs> I'd rather... I think I have creep fatigue. I would. I mean, I would like for every kill to hurt. That'd be awesome. I don't oh, know. See, I I'd rather so only much. because only because we don't get as much time to invest in the early kill characters, right? So, like, right. That's why I feel like the creeps exist is so that we have someone that we don't care about that can help us set the plot precedent so that when we start getting to characters we do care about, we already understand what's happening. And we already have our main characters working it out, but we haven't lost anyone that we wanted to know more about or we haven't lost anyone that we miss. You know? Like, that's what I think these characters are for. They are throwaway, but at the same time, trying to give them, it's not just like, like, do you remember the race car one when the girlfriend dies minutes after the disaster because a tire yeah. flies out and over and smashes I her head out? Mm-hmm. I liked it. Like, it, instead of having three of those, we get like, oh, this guy is gross and disgusting. In a, in a piece but it of means shit I have to what suffer. various, like, slut shaming and or fat jokes that I don't actually enjoy. That's a good point, but you know. That's the problem. Is like, I'm totally fine with there being cannon fodder. I'm totally fine with red shirts. I just wish that I didn't have to watch him, like, fat shame people. Like, I didn't find his jokes funny, and, like, I felt like, wow, it was like. like, They're not funny. I agree that they're not funny. Yeah. But it's also just, like, do I have to hear about, like, oh, are you the bigger lady? Like, it's just. I got you. Like. It's like gentle racism, but it's like gentle fat phobia. Like, like, does the movie also think he's a scumbag? Yes, it does. 
But does the audience also kind of snicker at the like, you're the bit, are you the bigger girl? I think it does. I think it's meant to. And got it. Those yeah, parts okay. of it are a little joyless for me. And I would be happy for us to move away from that. It doesn't ruin the movie. No, I, I ultimately, this to me is one of the strongest in the franchise for me. I actually yeah. enjoyed this quite a bit. And that's why I'm saying when we get into the house, scary it is like, like when we did Saw, there's a point where I Stockholmed. This is the Stockholm movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like the this is the movie that from... fucking broke me. God, what was the jerk, the blonde haired jerk from the one, I think it was the racetrack one. Uh, the one that gets his butthole sucked out? And yeah. Not in a sexy way? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he was the gross character in that movie, and he yes. was more palatable for me than the gross guy in this movie just because he at least had some like he was just a jock who just wanted to get yeah. laid right but yeah his jokes he actually made a few funny actually funny jokes just in yeah. his delivery and things and he actually didn't make any sort of like weird you know whatever comments about stuff he was just a jerk so uh-huh. like that one was more palatable for me than this guy i guess yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not like out of like, like I said, I, I, I'm through a critical lens. I'm talking about these things. Like it did not ruin the movie for me, but it was one of those places where I was like, eh, we could do better than this. Like, yeah, we could do better. This, this is a place where this is an opportunity. Like what, well, you know, when you're getting a critique at work and they don't tell you like, you know, these are the bad things you've done. They're growth opportunities. This is a growth opportunity for me. I feel like the franchise can move past this trope and still maintain all of the best parts of it and like kind of move away from that. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's a, but yeah. that's, this is fully subjective in my opinion. Um, that being said, I, I appreciate that we actually got character arcs in this movie. And I appreciated yes. that there was a relationship that I was somewhat invested in. Yeah. Relationship. It actually gave me so much root for so that when we got the final twist, that I was like conflicted in my feelings of like, ooh, look at this <laughs> twist. And also, oh, man. <laughs> I did want to know, like, what were your thoughts? Like, did you at all suspect where this was going when you first started? Not until they got on the plane and then I was like, Hey. <laughs> and then when we saw Devin saw, I was like, hey, oh man. <laughs> so let's get into our reviews for audio. Justin, what is your review or what is your score? Uh, <clears throat> sorry, six and a half. All right. Lerald? Eight. Marzi? I'm also going to go eight. I'm going to go six and a half. Hell yeah. All right. Last section. How scary was it? Slash your favorite kill, Justin. You know what? You know it's it's about to happen. You're up first. Uh, yeah. Lay it on us. Um, I mean, these movies aren't scary. Um, they just really aren't. Um, wrong, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> They're wrong. nightmare fuel. You will never be the same. No, I'm just broken <laughs> on the inside. I guess. Um, to me, I don't know. I just, I am starting to become dull to them again. Uh, because we've watched so many of them. Um, yeah, I didn't really find anything in it, like subjectively horrifying. Like, I'm still okay crossing a bridge. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm, and I don't, I'm not, I'm never really going to find myself in any of these situations. Like I'm not a gymnast. 
I'm I might have to get LASIK when I'm like 80. I don't know. Uh, All right. Well, no. <laughs> I'm far sighted and near sighted. Twenty to fifteen over here. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> what is what is the conversion rate of twenty fifteen to loonies and toonies? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, it's okay. I, I love you. I love you too. It's okay though, because I'm sure it, it's probably like free here anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I, right. The I, I see. I, yeah, you get the last laugh, my friend. <laughs> it's okay. I just probably have to wait like six months for an appointment. Um, I mean, so do I. I just have to pay for oh, it. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, oh. seriously. <laughs> oh, oof. okay. I'm sorry. I thought I thought that was the payoff. Um, nope. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't really find these that scary. I I will say, favorite kill. <sighs> I have What's okay. So I kind of have like happening and then like aftermath are two separate answers. Let's lay it, lay them on. Weirdly it. enough, uh, happening. I actually like the gymnast. It looks goofy to me, but it's like the most brutal as it's happening. Ooh. Uh, but the aftermath Ooh. is the wrench just because it's like, it's fucking, it's super gory and like very practical when they like zoom in on it. Uh, I can't really yeah. decide between those yeah. two, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to decide. It's okay. Okay, good. Sorry. You do what you do, boo. Hell yeah. All right. How about you, Marzi? How scary was this for you, and what's your favorite kill? So I get what Larry and Justin are saying about, like, none of these situations are really things that, you know, we would be in versus, like, the log truck or the making tea or the just trying to take a shower. Like, so I get that, but... It's still, it's still, every time I watch it, so the lover confessed to me today, because we were going to watch this movie today, and he was like, every time I watch one of these, I have a solid two weeks where everything I look at, I'm like, and that's how I could die, and that's how I could die, and that's how I could die, and that's how I could die. So it doesn't even really, for me, matter that I am not a gymnast, and I will never be in a gymnast gym doing things on balance beams. I still am thinking about like, I could step on a screw at any moment. And that's not like a yep. nail or a pin where you can just pull it out. It's got twirlies. I don't know what they're called. Oh no, threads. not the twirlies. It's a thread. Yeah. <laughs> threads. It's, it's got threads. And, that, that screw scene, I still can't watch it. Mm -hmm. It just scares the mm -hmm. shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And like the lover stepped on a push pin a couple of weeks ago. And like, it's not the same thing at all, but it still just the idea of stepping on things. I don't know. So for me, pretty, pretty, pretty scary. I had pretty to go scary. to the ER late one night. I had, I got a catfish hook stuck in my toe. <gasps> what? To, in your we, toe? We, and we, yeah. We tried to pull it out. Like, we were swimming around oh, in this no. farm pond and I was no, like, no, walking no. through the muck. No, 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 no. And I went through. We were drunk. And so we tried to pull it out nope. and got stuck in. No. Because it's barbed, right? Like, yep. you got to cut Correct. it. And you got to cut it. You got to cut it. We were drunk. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, See, favorite. this is why you need me around, buddy. I would have been, <laughs> been like, cut it. When we're living on the island, we can help oh my each God. other. You guys, I'm just going to start spamming you with like islands for sale and everybody start putting like start a jar. Like, like start. Just, start, just start putting some change in a fucking jar. Something. Dude, 
I'm not even kidding. The love and I, a couple of weeks ago, went to a Home Depot and checked out those uh, those sheds that you can turn into houses. Uh huh. Yeah. Not bad. Is all I'm saying. I wish we could have bought that one that used to be a cult because it had a bunch of houses on it. Yeah. It already had the facilities. Yeah. And that's what we got to do is we got to find a we got to find an island that already has like some cult stuff on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A throne for me. Oregon and Washington. That's where you look. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. There is. There actually is. There actually is. I'm not joking. Because there (laughs) actually is. When we like started looking at the islands, there was a lot of them where there was like a main house and then a bunch of other houses. Yeah. 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 We're cult zoned up here. I don't know why. You're zoned for cults. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Larry, scary. Yes, I'll be very quick. These movies have progressively got less and less scary as we have gone on. I think this kind of epitomizes that. Like I mentioned, um, when I can't put myself in the situations of the people who are dying, then I am just enjoying the deaths. There's just nothing here for me. Like none of the, not a single one of these situations hits me hard. And the end one, like yeah, like the plane stuff kind of freaks me out a little bit. This is the least scary one to me so far. Fair. Okay, so I will also keep it quick. As we all know, these movies freak me the fuck out. Like, even just putting, pressing play on one of these, like, I can feel my (laughs) blood pressure rising because as someone who suffers with, like, pretty intense intrusive thoughts, like, this is my psychology manifested in film. And it has touched on a handful of, of, of fears that I already have. Plane crashes, car crashes. Not so much roller coasters, but now also bridges, which also make me really nervous. And so this definitely goes this. It is a little bit. I feel a little bit like the Truman when these things come on. They pick things to be scared of. So I think that is a big part of why they work for me. What is interesting, though, when I'm saying like this is the movie that broke me and that has like stuck home to me is that while I was watching it, the fear was incredibly intense still. In unlike the lover described, like. I typically come away from these feeling a sense of doom that I did mm-hmm. not feel this time because I feel like something in me broke. <laughs> I oh, felt it no. happen when they're like basically when all of the like rebar flew into the person and they just fell off the bridge. I was like, I think I, something in me just died. I think it just oh, fucking no. died. We got her. We got her. We you did got it. me. I know. We got her. <laughs> Which means uh, while this was not as scary for me ultimately in my ultimate score, this is the first time where I feel excited for the next one. Yes. So it's a, yep. Yes. Yep. It happened. It, yes! like the, saw, the thing that happened in Saw 3 happened for me in Final Destination 5. Like, you, mean, I'm yes! ready. you misspoke. Saw 3D. No, sir. I didn't. <laughs> you were all in on the love triangle. You can <sighs> lie all you want. Yeah. yeah. We're breaking sure. up with you, Barbara. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to move forward because Justin has low battery and I don't have time for this bullshit. <laughs> So, like, my score is going to be mixed on this, and it's probably going to be lower because I didn't have the same, like, existential crisis after. But I did still feel the fear and anxiety and anticipation. These movies just do something to my lizard brain. So, Lair, Jar, sorry, Justin, score for how scary? Oh, and favorite kill was definitely gymnast. Okay. 
Uh, oh, my favorite kill was Scumbag with the Buddha statue. Oh, that is a good one, too. All right. Just, Justin, score. Uh, I'm going to give it like a two and a half. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. It's okay. not scary. Uh, Mars, score. The screw and the acupuncture needles got me. It's an eight. Ooh. All right. Lerald. A one. I have consistently been going down and down and down, and this was less scary than the last one, which I gave it two. So. Oh, and the bridge. That also factored into mine. Sorry. <sighs> The bridge, the bridge. Okay. All right. For me, definitely still gave me the freaky jiggies, but less so after in the aftermath. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one an eight. All right. So those are our final scores. You want to lay them all out for us, Larold? Absolutely. For plot, I gave it a six and a half. Justin gave it a seven, as did Rachel and Mars gave it an eight. For cinematography, Rachel and Mars gave it a seven. Justin gave it an eight. I gave it a six and a half. For audio, Mars and I gave it eight, and Justin and Rachel gave it six and a half. And for how scary, I gave it a one. Justin gave it a two and a half, and Rachel and Mars gave it an eight. That gives it a Stream Queens Cross Here's Johnny score of a 66. It is tied with OG Friday the 13th, The Last of Us video game, wow. and Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Awesome. So if you were going to watch. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Oh, sorry, not sorry, done. sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, in the Stream Queens Cross Here's Johnny scores, like the movies we have reviewed, it is actually perfectly tied with Willy's Wonderland. 65.9. Really? The, yep. The movie above it is Final Death. Sorry, is Hellraiser from 2022, 66.9. And the film below it is Scream 4 with a 60.9. Our final destination rankings going from worst to best. Final Destination 3 with 40.3. The Final Destination 48.4. Final Destination 5, 65.9. Final Destination 2, 69.1. And then the OG Final Destination with an 83.8. Now I'll shut up. All right. that, seems, that seems right. That, seems that right. sounds right. All right. So say you were going to partake in this film again. Mars, what adult beverage would you pair with it all right so you warned me thank you for the early heads up i I still couldn't come up with anything until about 45 seconds ago i've been thinking about it but i honestly think if i was going to watch this again um and only because my local liquor store has been selling these pre-mixed uh old fashions Ooh. And I think I would go old fashioned. Oh, and here's fuck. the reason why. That is fantastic. That's like, that was my favorite drink in college. I love old fashions. And the first time I was allowed to order alcohol in front of my family, I got an old fashioned, and my dad said, "Huh, that was your grandpa's drink." And I don't know why that Aww. endeared it to me, but because my first like l- hard alcohol love was whiskey, and so in thinking about, oh, this is a movie that like brings you back to the beginning but you know like oh, in I a kind of tricky way so if i was to watch this movie again i would watch it with uh an old-fashioned probably the pre-mixed one just because <laughs> it is a final destination movie and it is let's face it pre-mixed <laughs> i love it that's perfect <laughs> all right Larold and justin did you want to add any beverages to the uh sommelier situation that's happening right now I don't think I can follow uh, that up. I'm cool with it old-fashioned. Yeah. Don Draper would approve. All right. Well, then let's wrap things up. Folks, I'm just going to speak for Justin and say it is Wayne Gretzky's Wayne Gretzky. maple. With... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I said, but that's it what I meant. something like green. So... Dudley Do-Right. 
Uh, Dwayne Gutsky's hockeyness. Where the tuck? What are you guys talking about? It's the all stick puck. (laughs) I can hear you guys. You can always email us. You can always email us at rachel at and We'd love to hear from you if you have a different beverage or a different thought or a suggestion or whatever. Um, we love to hear from you. You can also slide into the DMs at ZG Podcast at uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, Threads, Instagram, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you. I think it's if called wanna- X. X, correct. Um, I don't give a fuck. He's an anti-Semite piece of shit. Anyway, so... <laughs> If you're enjoying the show and you want to support us, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls and hang out with us all day long on the Discord as well as get extended episodes and bonus episodes. Or you can buy some of our sweet, sweet merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, you can check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com. And uh, if you're enjoying the show, do us a big fat solid and rate and review us on wherever wherever it is that you are getting this pod. All right, Larry, Justin, you also have a podcast. Plug it. We do. Here's Johnny Podcast. You can find us on uh, Twitter. That's the only place we really have uh, social media presence. We post the episode there every single week. We have our own Discord if you want to come join it. Uh, we have launched our quote-unquote final season of how we have currently formatted things. It is our last subgenre that we started out with five years ago it is mad scientist slash sci-fi horror yeah so, buddy perfect time to dive in if you are interested absolutely and i picked a good one for this season so god damn it you better give it a good review <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay so that just leaves our plan for the next episode we still have not gotten to unwelcome so If you are playing along and you want to avoid spoilers, because you know we're going to spoil the whole thing, we are going to be covering Unwelcome, which is available on Shudder. Check that out. That is it for us today, unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, which Larry has kindly decided to uh, steer us. All right. Marzi, take us out. All right, folks. Stick around. We're going to (laughs) do Unwelcome next. Not stick around. Come back later. At another time. Don't change that dial. In the in the future, come back to us. We cause um love we you. Unwelcome. Unless you have extended. Ah. Bye, Good night, folks. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening and to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Hello. Lerald, what are we doing? Yeah, since Rachel became unprepared. All right, all right, um, all right. I, I, I did. Someone had up. to do last minute prep because someone else. Because someone ignored me in the chat. That is correct. Ah, we are going back to old staples, and we are doing some Mad Libs. Yes. Oh I'm so happy yeah! You all right, Justin. I hope you have some juicy, moist adjectives oh. to add to this. So we'll keep it fast. So try to be quick if you can. We will start with Rachel. I need a plural noun.